good to be at the Goodwell Church. There are elders and deacons and preachers, ministers, all the personnel, these fine godly men, and the host of men on the program. We are indebted to get well and do what they try to do for the church of our Lord in this lectureship and other ways. The pleasure is ours because at the Get Well Lectureship, the Spiritual Sword Lectureship, I believe that God is always honored and the Bible is held in proper perspective and proper esteem. And every lectureship theme has been one that has been truly paramount of importance. And this lectureship, the Church of the Beautiful Bride of Christ, I doubt very seriously if any other theme could get nearer and close to the heart of God than this one. For God indeed is jealous over the church, the beautiful bride of Christ. And as Christ loved the church and cherished it, even so we must. Though we read of it in the book, sing of it in our songs, and talk of it at communion time, I'm convinced that the blood of Christ in total sermons has not found its way into our sermonic presentations as perhaps it should. The cross of Christ and the death of Christ has, and rightly so, and of course I realize the blood cannot be separated from them. But I challenge you to look at your material and see how many fully lessons you've given strictly on the blood of Christ. In doing some research for the lesson, I thought I'd check all the lectureship books that I have and all the books of sermons just to see. And to my amazement, I found one book, one chapter, that was about two and a half pages long on the blood of Christ, and that was it in totality. When I got the assignment, I looked up in the Greek concordance, the Greek word hamoth for blood is used 99 times in the New Testament. Fifty times to thee refers directly to the blood of Christ. It's found in 13 of our 27 New Testament books. They are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians, Hebrews, 1 Peter, 1 John, and Revelation. And even though with 50 references out of 99 and 13 out of 27 books, some of our own people perhaps have become so refined and dignified that the death of Christ has become distasteful to them and they are repulsed by the blood of Christ on the cross. And yet the truth of the matter is that the blood of Christ is a very central core in fact of the Bible itself. Now, beloved, I want you tonight to fix in your mind what we're speaking about, the church, the blood bought. I am not talking about one of the greatest institutions. I am not, and I dislike the phrase, average church. I am talking about the greatest institution known to God on the face of the earth because there's absolutely none like it in all the world. And I think you and I have to brush aside the rubbish. And even though there is much misunderstanding and misinformation, 
Try to expose the glittering beauty of heaven's precious jewels. Beloved, the church is above the home. It's above the government. And it's above all the schools that you can name, no matter where they are, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Texas, or wherever. Church is a finest and final of God's creation in so many wonderful ways. And it's the only institution that will go through time and go on in eternity. And I'm convinced we ought to fix in our minds exactly that about what we're speaking about tonight. There are, if time permits, a number of things I want to share with you. It always frightens me a little bit to see Wendell Winkler. It does so because of the captions he assigns on that lectureship at Fort Worth. I don't know how you can de deliver those homiletically sometimes, but we try. But I want you to share with me a series of P's, if possible. And here's the outline for our lesson. Precious passages on the blood. Proclaiming the purpose of the blood. The powerful product by the blood. Protecting the property of the blood. And perfecting the purchase of the blood. First of all, powerful passages, precious passages on the blood. I don't know tonight of any better way to get our minds oriented on the church, the blood-bought, than simply try to run through a few passages. These God-inspired magnetic passages, beautiful ones, on such a magnetic subject as this, the church, the blood-bought. And as we try to give certain verses, I want you to listen carefully. To phrases like Christ died, justified by His blood, sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once for all, precious blood, blood of the Lamb, without blemish, without spot, sins and iniquities remembered no more, and on and on could we go. But let's listen. Being therefore justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have had our access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And we rejoice also in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but also in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh steadfastness, and steadfastness of proveness, and of proveness hope, and hope put us not to shame because of the love of God which hath been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which was given unto us. For while we were yet weak, in due season Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, but peradventure for the good man someone would even dare to die. But God commendeth his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, Shall we be saved from the wrath of God through Him? For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. And not only so, but we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received the reconciliation. 
So Paul's faith in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And the apostle Peter came along and said, And if you called him a father, who without respect of persons, judges according to each man's work, hath the time of your sojourning in fear, knowing that ye were redeemed, not with corruptible things, with silver and gold, from your vain manner of life, handed down from your fathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb, without blemish, without spot, even the blood of Christ. First Peter 1, 17 through 19. Now it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heaven should be cleansed with these. But the heavenly sacrifice themselves, or the heavenly things themselves, was better sacrifices than these. For Christ entered not into a holy place made with hands, like in pattern to the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear before the face of God for us. Nor yet that he should suffer often, as indeed the high priest enters through the holy place year by year, not with blood, or with blood not his own. Else must he once have suffered from the found, or suffered often from the foundation of the world. But now once, at the end of ages, hath he been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as it is written, or inasmuch as it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this cometh judgment. So Christ also, having been once offered to bear the sins of many, shall appear a second time apart from sin to them that wait for him unto salvation. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with the same sacrifice which they offer year by year make perfect them that draw nigh. Else would not have ceased to be offered because the worshippers, having been once cleansed, would have had no more consciousness of sin. For in those sacrifices there is a remembrance made of sin year by year. For it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body didst thou prepare for me. In sacrifice and whole sacrifice and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither had a pleasure therein. Then said I, Lo, I am come. In the roll of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. And as the writer continues, he says he taketh away the first, that he might establish the second, by which will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now those high priests indeed standeth day by day, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices. But he, when he has made one sacrifice forever, set down at the right hand of God, henceforth expecting, till his enemies be made the footstool of his feet. For by one offering hath he perfected forever them that are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also says to us, and after that he says, this is a covenant I will make with them. 
I will put my laws upon their heart, upon their mind, also will I write them. And after those days, saith the Lord, and then he saith in the latter part of that verse, their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Parts of Hebrew, chapter 9, 23, through chapter 10, 25, or chapter 10, 18. I am through him to reconcile all things unto himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, where the things on the earth are things in the heaven. Colossians 1.20 and now, my good friend, you can come back and sing that song. Because whenever we finish with verses like these and a whole galaxy of others, I kind of want to shout out, Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child. And forever, I am. There's no way for a man to preach the full whole counsel of God and omit the death and the blood of Christ. Paul said the gospel he preached included Christ dying. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3. The death of Christ was not an accident. The death of Christ on the cross was not an emergency measure taken contrary to plan. God had knowledge of it at 2, 23. Christ came to be put to death and to accomplish God's work, Hebrews 10, 5 following. And don't you with me agree that the magnetic love of Jesus Christ suffering on the cross, shedding His blood, ought to overpower every human will and bring it into contact with the blood of Christ, John 12, 32. And I, if I be lifted up, Christ will draw all men unto myself. Are unto me. Now with some of the precious passages in mind, let us get to the very heart of our lesson, and you must listen carefully tonight on this point. And I don't want it to be deeply involved, and yet, if we don't cover the last three, I want to cover this one. I firmly believe with all the totality of my being that the Focal point of God's redemptive action is found centered in the blood of Jesus Christ. But good people tonight, I believe that we have emphasized the atonement and Jesus Christ so much that we have almost de-emphasized God behind the scenes. And I want you to listen carefully to the fourfold purpose as I proclaim the purpose of the cross. And I would like for clearance of delivery and for your reception tonight to explain the progression of thoughts. I just mentioned there's a fourfold purpose in the cross. I want to mention the purpose, define the word, show to whom it applies, reveal the idea contained in it, and then try to let the Scriptures establish the relationship sustained by Christ in each one. And that's a chore. The fourfold purpose of the cross. 
Number one, let me simply say the blood of his cross is a blood of propitiation. And that's a big word, and I wish we had time to explain Romans 3 on the basis of the mercy seat in the Old Covenant. But we don't. But the word propitiation comes to us from the Greek word helaskomai. And it means to appease, to satisfy. There's a word, there's a meaning. It does not actually mean to appease God, but it means to satisfy or rather justify God in His kindness toward man deserving harshness. This word propitiation applies to God. And the idea revealed in it when Christ died on the cross shedding His blood, he satisfied God's requirement of mankind. So the Bible says, Wherefore it behooved him in all things to be made like unto his brethren that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Hebrews 2.17 My little children, these things are right unto you that you may not sin. But if any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins or for the entire world, First John 2, 1 and 2. Now I want you to see how the word or name of God or Father is used in every instance. And I don't care if I'm speaking about propitiation or expiation, reconciliation or redemption you'll find the name of God involved in one or more verses. Herein was the love of God manifested in us, that God hath sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we should live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. For all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to show His righteousness because of the passing over sins on a poor time and the forbearance of God. For the showing, I say, of His righteousness at this present season that he that is God might be just and the justifier of him that hath faith in Jesus. Now, in the relationship of propitiation, Christ sustains the role of intercessor. The great term intercondo is used. One who goes to God in and on our behalf. And so listen carefully. In the book of Romans in chapter 8, 33 and 4, it is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ Jesus that died, yea, rather that raised from the dead. Who is at the right hand of God, who ever liveth to make intercession for us. Romans 8, 33 and 34. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews in chapter 7, in about verse 23 to 25, they indeed have been made priests many in number, because by death they have been continued from hindering. But he, because he abides forever, hath his priesthood unchangeable. Wherefore, 
He is able to save to the uttermost them that draw near unto God through Him, seeing that He ever liveth to make intercession for them. It was necessary, therefore, that the copies of the things in the heaven should be claimed with these. But the heavenly things themselves are better sacrifices than these. For Christ entered not into a holy place made with hands like in pattern of the truth, but into heaven itself now to appear before the face of God for us. Now, the three scriptures, that's the only place the word into Connell is not used, but it's not there in the Greek. But the ideal is there to appear before the face of God for us. But there's a second purpose of the blood of Christ on the cross. And the blood of the cross is the blood of expiation. The word expiate comes to us from the Greek word I rule. And it really means to take up and bear. And for us tonight it means to get rid or to bear the guilt and punishment of sin by means of expiation. Whereas propitiation applied to God, this word applies to sin. And the idea involved in the word simply is this. That when Christ died on the cross, he took away the sins of all them that come to God through him. This word is not used many times. Twice in the Old Testament in the American Standard. It's used in John 1, 29. And on the morrow he seeth Jesus coming to him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God that expiates, we read, taketh away the sin of the world. First John 3, 4 and 5, Everyone that doeth sin doeth also lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away, expiate sin. And in him is no sin. In Matthew 1, 21, a verse you might not recognize with this thought, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for it is he that shall save, expiate, Take away things of his people. Now, when I open the New Testament, this Greek word refers and applies to the Greek word opposite, A-P-H-E-S-I-S. And in our English verses, we have the word forgiveness, remission, blotting out. Letting them go as if they had never been committed. So there are many verses used in this conjunction, and we'll note some as time permits. And he took a cup and gave things, and gave unto them, saying, All of you drink of it, for this is my blood of the covenant which you poured out for the many unto the remission of your sins. And he said unto them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer, and rise again from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. Luke 24, 46 and 47. And this word is used in so many, many passages. Remission. Forgiveness. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it. In Acts 2.38, the word is used in Acts 3.19. 
Repent ye therefore and turn again, that your sin might be blotted out. There's the turn. In Acts 5, 31, him that God exalt with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, to give repentance to Israel and remission of sins. And a verse sometimes denominational use wrongly, Acts 10, 43. To him bear all the prophets witness. And through his name, everyone who believeth on him shall receive remission of sins. A verse like Acts 13, 38, be it known unto you, therefore, brethren, that through this man is proclaimed unto you remission of sins. And the word is used. Hebrews 9, 22, we're familiar with it. Hebrews 10, 18, Hebrews 8, 12. We have remission of sins. And in this role, Christ sustains the role of the sacrificial victim. Christ is the sacrifice. He is, from the Greek word Josiah, the one, the victim that is slaughtered. And there's a threefold ideal just now to present. And I'll just give the verses because we've mentioned some already by quotation. But Christ is the scapegoat of Leviticus 16, 8 and 9. And that's the reference of John 1, 29. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away sins of the world. Christ is our Paschal Lamb of Exodus 12, 13. Paul referred to it in 1 Corinthians 5, 7 and 8. For our Passover also hath been sacrificed, even Christ. In the same thought in 1 Peter 1, 17 to 19. And Christ is the atonement sacrifice. Leviticus 16, 15 and 16. But the references in Hebrews 10, 11 through 14, and Hebrews, or Hebrews 10, 1 through 14, Hebrews 9, 11 through 14. But a verse we all know in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be ye therefore imitators of God, beloved children, and walk in love as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you, an offering and a sacrifice. And as Jehovah God went over a sweet smell. There's a third purpose of the cross. The blood of the cross is a blood of reconciliation. To reconcile comes up from the Greek word katalasso. And it means to change or exchange its coin for others of equal value. And this time this word applies to man, the sinner. And the idea is that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he brought man to God and God to man, therefore bring them back together. So in Romans 5, beginning in verse 6, For while we were yet weak, in due season Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, but peradventure for the good man someone would even dare to die. But God commended his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, shall we be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more than being now reconciled shall we be saved from the wrath of God through Him. And we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ for whom we have also received the ministry of reconciliation. Because of time, there's a passage in Colossians 1 about verse 12 to 23, but let's note beginning of verse 19 maybe. 
Oh, it was a good pleasure of the Father that in Him should all the fullness dwell. And through Him to reconcile all things in Himself. Having made peace to the bloody cross, through Him, I say, for the things on earth are things in heaven. For you, being in time past, alienated and enemies in your mind and your evil works, yet now hath He reconciled in His flesh or in His body of the flesh through death to present you holy and without blemish and unreprovable before Him. And there's a parallel passage in Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 16. Paul said, beginning about verse 14, And he is our peace who made both one and break down the middle wall of partition, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments containing the ordinances. They did not create in himself of the two one new man, so making peace, and might reconcile them both in one body unto God through the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Over in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 following. But all things are of God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave unto us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not reckoning unto them the trespasses, but having committed unto us the word or ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore ambassadors on behalf of Christ as though God were treating by us. We beseech you on behalf of Christ, be ye reconciled unto God. For him who knew no sin, he was made to be sent on our behalf. That we might become the righteousness of God through him. And in this role, Christ sustains the relationship of mediator, the great Messiah, one who intervened between two. Christ is a middle man, bringing a man to God and God to man, and therefore bring them back together. And so 1 Timothy 2, 5 says, For oh, there is one God, one mediator also between God and man, himself man, Christ Jesus. The term mediator is found three times in the Hebrew letter, chapter 8, 6, 9, 15, and 12, 24. But the blood of the cross is a blood of redemption. The word redemption comes to us from the Greek word lutral. And the word means to release by receipt of ransom, to liberate by payment of ransom, meaning the price of slaves actually paid for. And the idea is that when Christ shed his blood on the cross, he paid to God what man owed, thereby buying us back. Christ said in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 6, through Paul, for he gave himself a ransom for all. Matthew 20, 28, and those are the last and first verses I mentioned in the book. Christ gave himself a ransom for many. Now, I'll hurry since I've got a good friend here. But in this relationship, Christ is ransom. And here's a Greek word, lutron, used. Christ is ransomed. Brethren, Christ paid to God what we owed. Christ is the price that we owe. And you know the verses as well as I do. 
He bought us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. Ye were bought with a price become not bond members of men. 1 Corinthians 7, 23. And they sing a new song saying, Worthy art thou to take the seals and open the book thereof, for thou wast slain. And it hurt us unto God. Men every tribe and tongue and people and nation had made him to be unto God a kingdom and priest and dwell upon the earth. There's no way for a man to receive the benefit of the blood of Christ except through that which was purchased by the blood of Christ. The church of our Lord was designed to meet the need of mankind. It's the spiritual body of Christ and the fruition of God's eternal plan. We need to think more highly of the church, the blood bought. Now, in three or four remaining minutes, let me just, do I have that many? Let me just skim over some thoughts. Protecting, or rather the powerful product of the blood. And let me try to deal out of my mind several things I was going to say and just zero in. Church of our Lord has the same purpose Christ had on earth, John six thirty eight and seventeen, four and eighteen. It'll never be destroyed, Hebrews twelve, twenty eight. The gates of Hades can't prevail against this. I am thinking about a God powered, Christ centered, faith fortified, people focused, soul conscious, service minded, growth oriented, heaven bound body of people, the church is a people. And through the church we have peace. Men fought with God and Christ made peace. Men fought with one another and Christ made peace. Men fought with themselves and Christ made peace. And he's the prince of peace, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. And the blood of the cross vitalizes men. That's why the Bible speaks about the church as being the way. We are people of the way. And I challenge you for sermonic presentation. We are people of the gaze of way. The way of personal evangelism. We are people of the Jericho way, the way of personal involvement. We are people of the Samaria way, the way of Christian attitudes. We are people of the Calvary road or way, the way of personal identity. We are people of the Emmaus way, the way for resurrection faith. Powerful product of the blood. Protecting the purchase. Brethren, Satan is a liar. Now, I would to God tonight we had time just to enumerate that the fact. He tries to run down the church as blood-bought. He tries to keep men from the New Testament, which is blood-sanctified. He tries to malt the Christian life that's blood-washed. He tries to keep you from the Lord's Supper, which is a commemoration of His blood. Now, I want to say that missing the worship of God is more than missing a service at a club or a law. It's committing a crime against that which is committed at Golgotha. It is mockery of the suffering of the Son of God in Calvary. And the devil tries to keep us from baptism. Well, that's the first place we contact the blood. The very moment our souls are washed in water, we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And you can read what I have said about perfecting the purchase, but I want to close. The blood of Christ, the blood of propitiation, redemption, remission, reconciliation, justification, blood of the entrance, 
The blood of his peace, the blood of the cross, the blood of cleansing, the blood of the covenant is called precious blood, the blood of Christ, the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the way into the sanctuary. The next time someone stands and reads a song or leads a song, don't you omit verse 3, how great thou art. And what I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good will to do his work. Working in you the thing that will please you in the sight through Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.